I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Welcome to another episode of It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. We are continuing the conversation in John chapter 6. Line upon line series. Line yeah. upon line series. And so from that comment of 51 that we you just read, the Jews are quarreling, right? Mm-hmm. They're arguing within themselves, right? You know, what's the problem? We're We're reading it. Now, and it doesn't seem as strange to us because we know, you know, what that looks like, what that, but back then it's like, it's like cannibalism, you know, (laughs) talking about eating human flesh. And, and, and these are Jewish people who have such a strict regimen. They have all of these laws on what they can eat and what they can't eat. And, you're talking about eating someone, a man's flesh. So we probably, I mean, because even now when people talk about certain things, they're like, Mm-mm, I'm not touching that. And it could be the, the same thing. And this was, this really appalled them because it says that they were arguing sharply among themselves. Their tradition probably was indicating or, you know, think they were thinking about that more so uh, than what, right. And, I find it interesting that from from their dialogue or their response, we can see that these disciples had focused on the wrong thing. And it was apparent that they, they haven't heard or learned anything from the Father. Because if they had, then they would be drawn, be drawn to that message and then come to Christ. But they wasn't there. And it just reminds me when we're sharing at times to people who obviously haven't heard God's drawing message. And that's what we were talking about before, you know, this is that in life, God is teaching us and drawing us or we're learning something, we're hearing things. And then when the moment comes, when we see this truth comes before us, we rush it, we want it, you know, we embrace it. But these haven't been, and and, and then the focus is on the wrong thing. They kind of redirect. If you say, Jesus Christ died for you and um, he wants to give you everlasting life, the ideal of these people tend to go to the things that seems to be uh, outlandish. You know, for instance, when you sharing the gospel and and their responses turn out to be like, uh, God being born by a woman, that's crazy. You know, or man walking on water, really? Or a serpent talking? Come on. Walking on the, through the Red Sea, really? You know, so they focus on these things that just seems like totally nonsense, but they don't hear they don't learn so that they can be drawn so that they can come to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So we can go out there. We know that they're not being drawn because they're saying everything contrary to what is presented before them. So people uh, will redirect the heavenly message. And because of the lack of understanding, their responses will be related to being grounded on earth. You know, I, as a man, not knowing the things that God has revealed to us, uh, walking on water seems like, you know, or being born. Why would God become a baby? Why would he do all of that? That's God. You know, why would he do that? 
But in some ways, I thought of, hmm, that sounds like God. If it's something that I can't believe or can be done outside of man, then why wouldn't it be God? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Otherwise, he would be ordinary like us. If he only did the things that we believe we could do or someone can do, then he's not really God. Because eventually, I mean, I may not be able to walk on water, but you may be able to walk on water. And 10 other people that I know may be able to walk on water. And so it can be done. But if it's something we have never, ever seen done before, it's like out of this world. Well, like you said, why not? God is God. He is the creator. He should be able to do anything that we can't understand. That we can't understand. So uh, Jesus is about to pour it on thick. You know, he says, you know, if you eat my flesh, you know, you'll have everlasting life or eternal life. Right. So they're saying, man, what are you talking about? Flesh. But he's about to pour it on to where. He's really going to test them to see, do you want to believe or you don't want to believe, you know, Uh, what does it say in the next verse? Verse 53, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever, verse 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 55. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. 56. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. 57. Just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna. And died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. So you read those things through, and it wasn't necessary for me to say anything about it because it's just point blank. Um, he says, "Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. You have no life have because no you life. don't believe. You know, right. you believe." Um, he says that those that come to me will never hunger flesh. Those that believe in me will never thirst blood. And so he's letting you know that you have life if you eat his flesh and drink his blood, which means you are embracing the things that he had to go through in order to bring us salvation. So he goes on and says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed, which is real. It's real stuff. So it's really blowing their minds. I mean, they have a dietary law that there's a lot of things they can't eat. And now he's talking about eating flesh, real live flesh. And he says, who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in them. Now he's going a little bit deeper. He's telling you that you have eternal life. And then he's talking about abiding that abiding is a dwelling with that person. You are becoming one with Christ Jesus if you eat his if you eat his flesh and drink his blood. Drink his blood. And as the living Father sent me, and I live because of him, he who feeds on me will live because of me. So 
you see this parallel that Jesus has that what the father has, the son has, and what the son has, the son gives to us to have, mm-hmm. you know? And so this is the process he's going through. But these people that are grounded on earth, grounded here in this world, are not comprehending. They're not learning. They're not hearing. They're not learning. And so therefore they cannot come to him because they will not allow the father to teach them what they need to know about the son. Did you have something? Um, I was just um, thinking about the in Leviticus where it talks about life being in the blood. Um, verse 17, 10 says, and whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you, who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from among his people. So they may have had this Mm -hmm. thing in mind Mm -hmm. because this is the Levitical law, as we call it, the Levitical law. Um, And then verse 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. And that's what Jesus's blood did. But God was, he was, um, I think, restraining or refraining them from, from doing something that they shouldn't be doing at the time, you know, because he know, he knows God knew what he was going to have his son to do. There's no, he was the only true substitute for eternal life. Mm -hmm. And they probably were in their mind contending Mm -hmm. with Jesus because of this, maybe this in in Leviticus. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jesus is explaining to them, you know, it's like, I'm trying to teach you faith. I'm here face to face teaching you faith. We don't have him face to face. We have the Holy Spirit. But he's doing the same thing, trying to do the same thing with them that he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back to teach you, to guide you. But it's all about faith. It's not about what we see or what we think we know. It's about faith. And are we going to trust this creator? Like Peter says, who else can we, who else can we go to? You are it. You are it. Who else can we go to? Yeah, that's good. And it's so good is that Jesus is coming and is rattling a tradition, Mm -hmm. a tradition that makes God's power of none effect or his word of none effect. And so he's trying to get them to think differently because when he comes, he flips the switch, you know, in our minds and in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Things are changing. Don't look at things the same way. You know, going to the Samaritan woman, they there was a a, a conflict between Jewish people and Samaritan people, mm-hmm. and him making it a a uh, conscious effort, an intentional effort to meet this woman, a woman at that, and to share and reveal to her that he was the Messiah. First time he did that mm-hmm. was letting you know that God is doing something different. He is doing something different. And he wanted them to know this is Jewish people he's talking to, you know, disciples following him, but they wasn't ready, you know. Hopefully that some that some way down the line they turned back around, and, you know, but they wasn't ready. Yeah. You know? So read the uh, next verse. 
59, he said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. So he's teaching in the church. <laughs> he's he getting a message in the church. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you have something there? No, I'm just saying all of that Levitical law. Right. Back yeah. He's in the synagogue. Yeah. How dare you talk about all this Eating stuff? flesh and stuff. Eating you flesh know? and drinking blood. Yeah, you know? know. And so he's in the synagogue talking to them. This message was in the church. So think about it. We are getting heavenly spoken to every week, but are, are we choosing the life message? That's found in the truth, his truth, the word of God. Or are we choosing to choose death that is found in rejection of that truth? We can embrace the truth, but if we reject that truth, it's not bringing life to our lives. Jesus desired to give these disciples what they truly needed. They still had a choice to make. We can see that all humanity has a second chance to make, choosing which tree we want to eat from. Will we choose truth or make the same decision Adam made? Jesus is presenting that. That's what he represents. He comes into the world to give us a truth. If we turn away from from a lie and embrace the truth, we have eternal life. We believe in him. We have eternal life. But if we want to hold on to self and in the lie, then we die. The Bible says, and, and we went over it and, and in chapter three, Jesus says, I was sent into the world, not to condemn the world because they're condemned already. And if they don't embrace me, their sin remains. I came to give them life. I came to save, not to condemn them. So when you look at Jesus, if you get any condemnation, that's because that's who you are. That's the mirror that you re- you, you you reflect. You right. You, you remain not, in it. You've not believed in him. Mm-hmm. And if you receive salvation, that means you embrace the light. Mm-hmm. You're born again. It starts changing the very dynamic of, of the life that you were living. It's changed, totally changed. And the condemnation no longer remains mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. So if you can walk away in anything, I think that um, we would like for you to walk away from this pod this about the conversation is that you consciously, consciously decide when truth is around to embrace that truth. And you'll know it's truth because God has been teaching you what truth is. You know what is truth. You know what is a lie. And it's it's crazy because even in our being, in our inner person, that spirit in us, it almost trembles when a lie is present. When a lie is spoken, it almost trembles within us. But when truth is there, it resonates. You know that it is true because it goes across the board. It, it, it just travels across the board in every area. When truth is there, when real truth is there, when God given truth is present, you can plug that truth into every element of life and get the same answer. When it's a lie or made up, mm-hmm. you plug it, it, it will not fit everywhere. You have to change it. You have to change it to fit the situation. Mm-hmm. But when the truth of God comes, mm-hmm. it plugs in to every situation. It fits like the perfect piece in whatever you're going through, yeah. whatever aspect of life you're in. Mm-hmm. Father, I lift the, the listeners up right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that they will embrace your truth, that you will speak to their very hearts, saved or unsaved, that they will embrace who you are 
and open their hearts to receive with an honest and sincere heart all that you have for them and all the things you want to do in them and through them. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you in this way and to deliver a message, hopefully, that will touch the lives and the spirits of many men and women from this day and days ahead. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank you very much for tuning into It Was Found in My Heart. Have a blessed week.